Silence has fallen on Staggering Stories Podcast 116. Welcome to Staggering Stories podcast number 116. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I! A fine specimen of manhood has never been seen. No, Ooh. and it still has never been seen. Oh. <laughs> Apart from El Presidente, of course. Oh, he was I'm... throbbing from head to toe. Totally. <laughs> You're very sexy. Hello, sweetie. Now on to the news with El Presidente. Christmas special casting. Filming of the 2011 Doctor Who Christmas special is now well underway and the BBC has confirmed several guest stars. Claire Skinner, best known for Outnumbered. Mm -hmm. Bill Bailey. Yay. Brilliant. Black Books. Mm -hmm. Alexander Armstrong. Sarah Jane Adventures Mr Smith. Amongst many other things. Is he going to every line sort of... Is it going to be precluded with a fanfare? Possibly. Because this could make it a really <laughs> yeah. long episode. And Arabella Rea, the far show and alternative Doctor in Big Finish's audio play, Doctor Who Unbound Exile. Mm. New to Who director Farron Blackburn has taken up the reins for this special. Blackburn has previously directed at least the first two episodes of The Fades. Mm. Freaky. Wow where he worked with the new Doctor Who executive producer Caroline Skinner. Mm. Steve Moffat has again promised that the story will be the most Christmassy ever. There's only so Christmassy something can be. And I didn't I, he promise that last yeah. year? Yeah. I don't know. It's He's going to out-Christmas yeah, himself. Yeah. Well, surely you, you, you suffer from tinsel overload. Tinselitis. Yeah, tinselitis, yeah. that's it, yeah. Maybe Dobbin in it. We need a good Dobbin, don't we? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> TV Choice Awards. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. It's that time of year again. Yeah. TV oh, Choice again. magazine has announced the winners for its public vote awards. Public voted awards, even. <laughs> Yay. Doctor Who beat off the eager Merlin to win the best family drama. <laughs> That's a fight I'd like to see. Mm. Yeah. And then coming in with swords. Stop with... talking. Sorry. <laughs> Karen Gillan was the best actress for her out- huh? outstanding bondage. I thought that said bondage. For a <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that too. Yeah. Outpolling the con- uh, the concerted online campaign to give it posthumously awarded to Elizabeth Sladen for the Sarah Jane Adventures. Matt Smith wasn't so lucky. Oh. With someone called David Tennant Yay. taking the best actor award for Single Father, which Yay. was brilliant. Who? Being Human was more fortunate and won the prestigious Best Drama series, 
bestie many other worthy candidates, including E4's Misfits. Ooh. Totally better. Sherlock was also honoured, most deservedly winning the best new drama category. Yes. Mm. I'm glad being human actually won over Misfits, etc. It's a good series. <laughs> it is yeah. a series. Yeah. Quite surprising. Well, they both are good series. They're both right? good series. Primeval spins off. ITV Dino Romp Primeval is set to reboot itself on Canadian soil thanks to an imaginatively named science fiction channel Space The Final <laughs> Frontier <laughs> Impossible Pictures and Omni Film Productions are teaming up to produce this older darker and scarier series Ooh. Sounds like the brief for Jonathan Drake, Impossible Pictures MDs, said, This will be a bigger, better, badder reimagining of the show rather than a continuation. We are really looking forward to working with Omni to help make a series that can exceed even the huge success of the original Primeval in international markets and with viewers across the world. <clears throat> Sorry, something in my throat. <laughs> uh, Primeval. New World it's is believed... Again. Sorry? That's Torchwood again, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? That's the yeah. original Torchwood. name for... Miracle Day! Mm. Yeah. Primeval New World. Oh, was it? Was that the original name for Torchwood? Yeah, the New World. I didn't yeah. know that. He's really going to get cross that we've interrupted him twice. I know, we keep doing it. I know. <laughs> going to hit you with my clipboard. <laughs> See, this is where I preferred it when he was sitting over there. <laughs> and he's much less violent than you. <laughs> Primeval... New World really? is believed to be filming its 13 episodes towards the end of 2011 in Vancouver. Well, of course. With an estimated cost of 1.6 million each. Mm, you read that very well. Mm. Mm. Yes, very well read. Mm. So I don't know what that means for traditional primeval. primeval. Yeah. It means it's screwed. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. This is a 9pm sort yeah. of series. You're not going to be doing shenanigans, shall we say, with dinosaurs wandering around, because they don't want to have them biting you on the bum or anything. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm assuming it'll be a whole new cast as well. Yes, I imagine so. Yeah. 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 No Connor, no Abby. No, or no, no. Harlan Ellison's fighting back again. again. <laughs> Famous serial litigian Harlan Ellison is back in court. This time he's claiming the upcoming sci-fi film In Time has stolen its central concept. A Set date of death, which can be revoked from his 1965 short story, Repent Harlequin, said the TikTok man. Bizarre names, anyway. <laughs> Ellison is demanding that the film's October 28th release in the US is halted and all copies be destroyed. <laughs> like, that's going to happen. James Cameron did was lose a case to Ellison for the Terminator similarities to Harlan's Outer Limits episode, Soldier. Ellison gained a credit on the film and an undisclosed sum of money. I'm sure the premise of the date being set... Of it death, does which sound can be revoked. Familiar. I'm sure that's been used in a couple of different stories. Yeah, but those stories worth weren't the authors of them weren't worth suing because they're not worth a lot of precisely. money. Precisely. Mm. Yeah, and I'm, I dare say they go back. Aren't some of the Greek myths based on that kind of thing as well? You know. Well, they do yeah. say there's only a limited number of central concepts yeah. around, and it's just what you do with them. I don't know. Mm. Thing, I've known and heard about this film for about a year and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's suing now. Mm. Yes. You know. Yeah, I don't know why. But he's got a he record He spent his this. Terminator money. Mm. <laughs> I have an erratum. Ooh, you an, have an, an addendum. An addendum. An addendum. Um, this will need some sound effects. <clears throat> well, you're not having any. Well, we'll need it. <laughs> OK. Because in the Daily Mail... Ooh. There is a piece saying, apparently... Allegedly. 
allegedly, <laughs> appalled by ITV's success with Downton Abbey, the BBC is drafting sex bomb Alex Kingston. <laughs> into... I bet she loves being called a sex bomb. <laughs> yeah, she just she turned 48. <laughs> <laughs> into the rival entertainment upstairs, downstairs, to provide a right. more sensuous edge to the show. Mm-hmm. In the role of Blanche Mottershed. Now, the character will sound slightly familiar to you. A free-thinking and outspoken archaeologist. <laughs> it's Rory. <laughs> um, in this sheet, the character smokes cheroots and is fond of a little light nudism. <laughs> Producer Firth... Penhurst says her heart has been as closed as one of the tombs she excavates. Oh, oh that is about to change <gasps> with her arrival. <gasps> to paraphrase the Earl of Carnarvon, who found Tutankhamun's tomb, we may see wonderful things. Clothes may remain on, only if the role demands it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. River right. songs, getting yeah. them off yeah. for Gene Marsh. Yeah. But I sort of think yeah, an archaeology. It's, it's River Song. It's River Song yeah. grown up over in upstairs, downstairs. The nudity bit was actually cut out of Doctor, wasn't it? It was meant I to be so, an yeah. impossible astronaut. Yeah. There was a bit in the <laughs> well, trailer. In the, the trailer, season. you just saw the top half, her bare shoulders. Yeah, it? that didn't make the final cut. <laughs> Funny how it made it to the trailer, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good job because Constructs 1 and 2 object to what they call geriatric porn, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is anyone over the age of 30 appearing sans clothes. Can you get that on audio so when they hit 30, you can play it to them? <laughs> yeah. I, I have one final addendum. What's Ooh. your addendum? Is. If you are the geek in your life and you want to propose, uh, wed or oh, engage, right. there is now a couple of Star Wars engagement rings there out. There are. Really? They yes. look so cool. They have inscribed on them. Two rings. One has inscribed on them, I, I love, love you. you. The other has inscribed on them, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who would get the I love you and who would get the who would get the I know? I'd get the I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is one final bit I I forgot, but it's not much in the way of news. We knew mm-hmm. it already. But it has been confirmed that next year's Doctor Who will be split. Autumn 2012, and part two will be in, well, probably winter 2013. Autumn 2012? Oh, so beginning of the year in 2013. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. yes. Okay. That's confirmed. Fine. And there is talk of maybe there being an Easter special next year to... Help bridge the, the large gap. But, of course, the big question you have to ponder is, will the new companion be as lustworthy as yeah. well, hasn't old Pondy? Well, has Carol signed up for next season? Mm, mm. I thought it's, uh, no, I thought it's, it was it's confirmed. Gonna, uh, I bet you any money you like it's going to be Martha Jones-ish. Yeah, I think so. Sort of so. popping up every now and then. Well, I th- I'd heard that it'd been confirmed she'd sign up um, as a full time companion. As a full time companion. You're breaking Adam with spoilers. You're <laughs> breaking him. Well, I, d- I don't know where I heard it. I just. I don't know You're breaking yeah. him with spoilers that you've blatantly made up on the spot. She's just lies like Disappointment. Move 
on to our TV watching, we're going to actually take some feedback. Well, not feedback, kind of questions. Mm. Mm. A Q&A. A Q&A. Or someone we've insisted on calling Bob. But Bob, yep. Apparently he's not, is he? Good old Brian. Brian. Bob. Brian Hunt. I, I, we, we can't cope with more than one name. You're called Bob. <laughs> yes, Brian Hunt, you're now officially Bob. Bob. Right, well, Bob <laughs> wanted to know. Bob's an American gentleman. Yeah. And Hiya, he's, he Hiya, said Bob. that he likes our accents, which made us all laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to know where they came from. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> Keith, real Keith, and Adam and Andy are Sussex throat. boys, and you're listening to a Sussex accent. Yes. Jean, having been born within the sound of Bow Bells in London, is a dyed-in-the-wall cockney. Who was Bow Bells? Well, she's (laughs) from a clan who thinks that Dick Van Dyke should be prosecuted for crimes against the English language. Yes. (laughs) And my very, very posh voice is a mixture of Buckinghamshire, Sussex and a touch of Wiltshire when I'm tired. And I'm from the school of thought that thinks Jean should be prosecuted for crimes against the English language. God blimey, Governor, strike a light, leave it at. I rest my case. <laughs> what else did Bob ask? Vast Toffee, MN. MN. Oh, yes. Mm. Well, that's an anagram, because we were having a really slow evening once. It's an anagram of Stephen Moffat. And the MN stands for... Master Master of of Nightmares. Nightmares. Yes. We're not very clever. (laughs) What else did Bob ask? How does one acquire a head of Pertwee? Mystic incantations late at night. Yeah, Mm. we had to draw pentagrams and everything. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, and dig. Mm. The digging was really hard. And also put a winning bid on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) And also, how do you acquire a non-soiled... Cardboard pond. <laughs> you can't, because Adam had his wicked way with well, all Adam of them. broke into the warehouse at the Forbidden Planet, and now they're all being sold as soiled yeah, goods. One degree or another. Yes, yeah. they're available from uh, Forbidden Planet and other science fiction retailers. You could probably also get them on eBay. Yeah. Well, something about uh, how America's University love Tom Baker. Oh, yes. That's all well and good. Yeah, fine. fine. Tom Baker's wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Peter Davison is better, but Tom Baker yeah, is wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Peter Cushion all the way. Yay. Oh, he was and... Oh, shush, Tom Baker's wonderful. <laughs> so there you go, Bob. Wonderful chap, all oh. of them. Oh. <laughs> so there you go, Bob. We've answered your questions. Thank you for those. Send more. That's fun. Yes. <laughs> well, back to the podcast. Oh, yes. We eat things like spotted dick over here. We do. Do you? If you, if you send me an email, I'll tell you what one of those is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not madly keen on spotted dick, to be honest. <laughs> it's got to have custard on it. Off for bread pudding. Uh, spotted dick, you can really suck the custard off. I know you can, but bread pudding, it soaks in. For all the men out there, I would just like to say... <laughs> toad in the hole. Oh, oh, toad in the hole, yeah. <laughs> all of these are real foods that yes, we yes, eat. They are. Bob probably knows this. He's probably yes. sitting there going... Yeah, I'm not stupid. (laughs) Yeah, but my brother had to steal a restaurant menu that had spotted dick on it to take back to America to his colleagues because they didn't believe they thought he was taking the piss. And he needed it on a menu. (laughs) Anyway, we've been watching TV. We've been watching quite a lot of TV. We've been watching Doctor Who. Ooh, closing time. The Doctor Who episode that probably had the cutest 
children in it. Stormageddon, <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Cutest babies. <laughs> I loved this episode. James Corden, I've worked out, because yeah. um, all the people in my office have suddenly started watching Doctor Who, and it really ticks them off, because it's not as if I pulled rank and told them to, they just have. Yeah, as and the all... boss, she instructed them to watch it, or they get fired. All the women think James Corden is wonderful and lovely, and really? wasn't he great? And all the blokes thought, well, yeah, it was an all right episode, but I don't think much of James Corden. So I think it's, I think it's a bloke thing. I think all men have Corden envy. <laughs> really? Oh, really? <laughs> yes, okay. I think so. He brought out the, the, the part of the woman that went, oh, he'd make a lovely dad. <laughs> <laughs> so the Doctor's gone back to see Craig. Yep. And Cause he's bored. Because he's bored, like, apparently. Another farewell tour. Another farewell tour. See, so I figure with this farewell tour, yeah. he must have abandoned the ponds about 150 years ago. It's quite a long time ago. It yeah. is, because yeah. he's heading up to 11th-3rd Doctor. Something like that. So he's gone to visit young Craig, who's been getting busy with Sophie and has a baby, and he's so sweet. Stormageddon! Can we move upon? Beyond the baby. No, we like the baby. His name's Alfie. <laughs> no, <laughs> Stormageddon. Sorry, Stormageddon, Prince of Darkness. Yes. <laughs> and Craig quite rightly assumes the Doctor can't just be there to visit. He's got to be there because there's trouble. Well, he was to say to visit. Yeah, he was. he was. And trouble followed him. Yeah. Yes. And didn't you just love the bit where he was walking back to the TARDIS yes. going, stop noticing, stop noticing. <laughs> just here to say goodbye. Yeah. I am not scanning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Craig has been left alone with baby to cope, to bond with Stormageddon yeah. mm-hmm. stroke Alfie because he's not able he's to not, do it very well yeah and yeah. he's basically freaking out and not yeah. coping very well been there done that <laughs> so the doctor takes a job at a supermarket no, a, well, a, a store, toy store department store, store in the toy yeah. section yes. but people have been vanishing mm. and this is where there's another example of the anti-local newspaper agenda that the vast toffee has okay. because if they mentioned that three people had gone missing and they oh, put yeah. them on separate pages if three people had gone missing from the same department store. <laughs> I your... think I'm editing the damn thing. I'll make all the noise I want. <laughs> I think I would have noticed, and at the very least, said to the police, "Did you notice they all worked in the same place? <laughs> Just in case." Yeah. Also, but... the Colchester department of. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit thick, aren't they, really? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> there was this. There was this wonderful little scene where you didn't see very much of it. Something. Small and silver <laughs> darted across, across the, floor. the floor. At which point, I squealed like a little girl <laughs> because I knew what it was. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what I was waiting for all the way through the episode? What was for him to say? It's not a rat. It's, it's a, a cybermat. Cyber I was so happy. I nearly went for a cigarette. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it dart you across, and I'm just like, it's a cybermat. <laughs> I like Cybermats. I think this is seventy-seven or something, uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so, I'm just wondering. I'm waiting for the character options. Of course, there's got to be. I do like the fact that this Cybermat has teeth. Well, then, this is the thing because the Cybermen are like um, bastardized humans, as twere. Mm. Yes. And the Cybermat looked like it had been used, it had taken from a dog. Rather more like certainly the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> no, the doctor claimed it was entirely robotic. Robotic. Yeah. Didn't look like it. No, they look. They look like 
decent set of teeth. Yeah, though. they didn't yeah. look like metal teeth, but nah, he mm. was cute. They were <laughs> cute. <laughs> cute. Oh, Cybermats always were cute. I did notice. I did notice when it was evil working for the Cyberman. It had red lights mm. down the side, but when the Doctor converted it, it had the blue lights, lights down. down. Yeah. Um, James Corden and Matt Smith, like in the Lodger, produced some absolutely brilliant scenes. Mm. They just work so well together. They do. They do work well together. The bit where they walked into the lift and you you knew straight away it was a transmat because yes. it looked like the transporter from Star Trek. Yeah, sure. They made and they're, they're transported and the Doctor's trying to make Sure, Craig. Yeah, he's trying to distract Cave <laughs> by declaring that he loves him. Yes, Matt Smith has some really extendable <laughs> lips. Doesn't they, they, really, <laughs> they did come out quite far when really try, trying to puck him up to kiss him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And I loved the. Um, I think her name was Val, Linda Barron's character. Yes. I loved her straight away assumption that the two of them were partners. Oh yes, and they were completely oblivious companions. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Companion old fashioned. <laughs> I, I think I preferred James Corden in this to I did in the Lodger. Lodger, Lodger really? No, yeah. No. I preferred the Lodger I think, overall. I think I prefer I the say. Lodger. The, there are a couple of things in this one that, you know, going against the great feeling of love that is swelling in the room at the moment. There's, there's a <laughs> couple of things in it that niggled me slightly. Well, I, was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I yeah. was sitting there and I was thoroughly enjoying it and, and I was getting into it and I'm you know going along with the flow and thinking I like this episode and we get into the Sidemen and I'm, I'm really going with it. I kind of start to feel uncomfortable when they don't cut his brains out and just cover yeah. him in metal as a life human being. Well, I'm, kind of, I'm going with the flow I'm going, and then suddenly we got to round the up really really quickly at the very end and I got really disappointed it just mm. felt like it mm. was you know the whole love bit yeah. destroys them and it might be me but that is the second time that a father that's what we were has saying had yeah. to or save his child or has been saved by his child yeah. and this is why I don't like arcs because I'm now sitting there going is River not going to kill the Doctor because her mother stroke father are going to break through the programming <laughs> because that whole Harry Potter appearance mm. love is stronger than anything else like it's, in The Girl Who Waited you think the time the, might be a change because River is so that, uh, yeah. The, the, that, I, despite my on the commentary, despite my championing of um, the girl who waited, sort of love is there to rip destiny asunder and, and whatever. Despite that, mm. I found the ending in this one slightly twee. Mm. Yeah. Yes. The Cybermen were exceedingly disappointed. They were disappointing. Yeah. They were stooges. Yeah. They could have been anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anything could have been. Didn't have to be been. Cybermen. Uh, it did seem to reuse the plot slightly of Blood of the Cybermen from the computer game. Yes. With the Cybermen. That game had a plot? Yeah. It with the yeah, Cybermen yeah, trapped good one, underneath yeah. that is converting people who are yeah. kidnapped. Yes. I definitely don't like the fact that the sonic screwdriver can shoot laser beams. No, I didn't like no. that at all. That didn't sit well with me at all. No. Okay. It's a... That makes it appear as a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to quote someone else, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't maim, it doesn't kill, it just opens locks. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It should be a sonic screwdriver, yeah. not a laser gun. Yeah. You've got to wonder if someone in high up in the Doctor Who production team hasn't just become a parent and is in that lovey-dovey stage that you really grow out of quite quickly. <laughs> now, I, think it's a, I think it's all to do with the last story. <laughs> you're probably, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So, 
I don't mean to put a down on the whole thing. To my mind, it came across at the same level as, I don't know, for this season, um, Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah, an enjoyable mm. romp. Because we've had three... Cracking episodes. Exceedingly above-standing episodes. Mm. This one is... Average. Yeah, it yeah, was enjoyable. It was and enjoyable. It, uh, and it got rushed towards yeah. the end. And there was some like, lovely ooh bits. Yeah, like yeah. the Curse of the Black Spot, it was a lot of fun to watch. But yeah. when you sit down Don't and think about, think about it, it's like... Yeah. It's a shame they are reusing elements, such as the Doctor talking to the baby. Yeah. We've had all that those jokes I already. I loved that. It was, that was good. wonderful. But we had that in... You're um, heartless. Let's... <laughs> <in>, um, Shh. <laughs> A good man goes to war. It didn't work. Damn. <laughs> I'm not thick enough. <laughs> I, I liked the end where you had those three kids and you heard them as adults. As adults yeah. at that yeah. moment in time, which then took you to River reading the reports. But yeah. in those reports, why did you have pictures of them as the doctor saw them, even the expressions on their face? <laughs> Who was there with the camera? <laughs> Tiny wimey she had a little ah, fair yeah, enough. invisible <laughs> robot dog. She, yeah, okay. she That's back. Photos. Yeah. It's the yappy, the robot dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much more fun back in yeah. I love the whole scene in the toy department and the fact that all his colleagues just smiled when they saw him that, and yes. the, he loved his badge. She's got that was something uh, Sorry, a bit of a call back to the lodger again. A bit of a call back to the lodger and also something that was briefly mentioned in uh, one of the old Virgin books. Okay. Which, well, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it postulated the theory that because the doctor's telepathic, he emits this wave, says, it's all right, I'm meant to be here. So people Mm. naturally accept it. Well, yeah. a bit okay. like John, but uh, Captain Jack emits a wave that says, "Come I'll sleep see. with me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a, in, in the um, Lucifer Rising, that was in the book Lucifer Rising. And halfway through the book, the Doctor apparently dies, mm-hmm. and then suddenly all these people start noticing Benny and Ace. You know, where did you come from? Why are you here? What you do, what's the reason <laughs> for you? Do, you know, yeah. the questions are beginning to ask. Al- almost know. like a bit like the um, oh, what's it called? The thing that's over the TARDIS. That yeah, makes a variation of perception. Field that he yeah. almost has a perception field yeah. of his own. A lot of um, this episode made me love Matt Smith even more. Just his <laughs> his delivery of lines, his um, mm. the way he seems to wander off into his own head halfway through delivering mm. a line. I just, I, just think he's, mm. I think he's wonderful. They're writing a lot, lot better for him, yes. and I'm a lot more comfortable with this yeah. his character now than when it started. But a lot of that is down to I still the first season. It still grates on me. It doesn't look right, and it doesn't mm. feel comfortable yeah, to watch to an no, extent. I've got to agree there. And I think they're writing they're more, writing for, more him for him now rather than mm. a generic and or another doctor. Isn't Amy Pond thick? <laughs> well, she's got and? one of the shortest names in the world. And how long did it take her to write it on that piece of paper when well, that little girl asked for an well, autograph? Uh, she was, a. No, no, she was asking, asking the little girl's name, so she took no, no, two she, bloody She asked the little girl's name because she'd forgotten what comes after P. You know? <laughs> and she was writing a little inscription and the, there. And I have to say, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Yeah, the perfume, the girl who waited, huh, yes. she waited, what, 36 years? Rory waited two very <laughs> shows well, to wait. I, There's a difference. If, if I remember rightly, also the perfume is named... The girl who's tired of waiting. No, no, no. no the perfume oh. is named after damp dust. Petrichor. Petrichor. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, well yeah. noticed. Petrichor's uh, doctor's daughter. Oh, yeah. Doctor's wife. Doctor's wife. Yeah. Mm. And so would you really want to wear a perfume that is called damp, damp dust? dust. <laughs> I don't think it was actually... 
<laughs> smells that way. <laughs> but it does raise the question when it sets from yeah. that point of view. Well, this view. is the thing, because if he's saying, he's looking at the local it's paper to one, check the dates, yeah. they've got less than a day to, to get, get to all America. the way to America and then all the way to the arse end of nowhere in America I, to meet him. I, yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't, I think that's more, what is it, the, the alignment of Exodor. Cause he, not well, he's got one day to live from his yeah, point of from view. Yeah, so he's looked at the local paper to make sure the date was right, and th- so it gives him a day, and, I you know... Yeah, I don't know. I we think we that, know ourselves that that's not possible. Yeah. I don't think that is them from after their honeymoon. I think that's them from after he gives them the new house and the yeah. car. Yeah. yeah. I think... Off. After she's become perfume Yeah, girl. so this yeah. is after they've done well, the beach it, thing already, I yeah. think, if, from their point if, of view. Well, the thing is, if that is set present Crikey. day... If that is yeah. set present day... It's probably even then, a year or two in the future, because yeah, the baby... But, well, I'm just saying, if that is set present day, it would have been... What is it? Um, September. He died in April. OK. Because that was set present day. Mm. Yes. So yeah, so he died yeah. the also, day that broadcast. Yeah, so yeah. I suppose you're, you're also right about them having already done the beach thing, so there'll be, there'll be two Amy and Rory's walking around in the same time stream yeah one thinks so. if they've already done the beach thing I there think... had to be two around at the same time why because they've got to be in america the next day to do the beach but thing. We, we i think it's the next day from his point of view i yeah. don't understand how mm. it is think, yeah i think he knows he's got one day of his own personal time to go and he then goes back to that date well see this is something i don't but, understand if he no, knows that date why the hell doesn't he just make it a you know a, a blacklist you know don't go to knock out the time, coordinates yeah. just don't because, go because the thing is it has been seen it has records is entered into the web of time time can be rewritten again depends on which yeah exactly <laughs> see this yeah. is the thing it is weird <laughs> He could it depends go any time he wants. It depends on what plot line Steve Moffat, the vast off Amen. has decided to run with this particular mm. week. <laughs> it may be he knows his age when he dies. Yeah. So he's, he got, maybe it's the last day of yeah. that year of his life. He's got to do it now. You'd still be likely to say, sod that. I'm not going. Yeah. It's not as if there's any Time Lords around anymore to, well, to call him on it. As we know from well. the finale, he had a plan. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was all, you know. Anyway, we get on to that. Yeah. <laughs> I was never comfortable with that. No. Anyway, no. But overall... Overall, yeah. Um, I would say probably ooh, a two and a half out of five for me. Ooh, ooh, that's harsh. I'd give it a three and a half. Yeah. You just don't like James Corden, do you? <laughs> no, you no, feel threatened no, by, his, no. by his mightiness. No, I just How did that... he fit in that cyber suit? That was, that was, that was pretty chunky. cool, yeah. I just, I just think... He would be the fat controller. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, I'd, go, I'd go along with there. Three, three and a half, half a point of that just for the uh, Cyberman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, out of five or ten or whatever, but it it was quite good. I'd say I don't think it's quite as good as The Lodger. No. Difficult second album sort of thing, and I do think they did it more for Matt Smith than for anything else. I think cause mm. Matt Smith and James Corden got on so well. Yeah, they yeah. did it for as a favour to Matt Smith. Mm. Having watched the uh, Confidential afterwards, you've got to wonder how the director coped. Oh, oh God, with yeah. the pair of them, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Would you just say the bloody line? Was well, the bit where the, the um, Matt Smith got hold of the toy Dalek and he's exterminating <laughs> the toys, and they're both. Yeah. Doing the Doctor Who yeah. theme, and no, it's, yeah. I'm sitting there going, 
am I back in a convention hotel room and everyone's pissed? Four o'clock in the morning, though, you know. You get punch drunk. <laughs> you do. Could it be uh, another Catherine Tate? Could he be back as a regular companion? He's got too much of a career of his own, I think. Well, so did Catherine Tate. Yeah. Mind you, it'd be nice if there was actually a male character, a male assistant, and not one that's lusting after everything and anyone. That's why I like Rory, because he's lusting after one person, but it's mm. still not quite in an overly <laughs> sexual way that, well, that Captain Jack is and that kind of thing. Which leads us on... To episode 13. Ooh, unlucky for some, including the Doctor. Mm. He gets better. <laughs> and, and we've been watching another episode of Doctor Who. Two in one podcast? Good grief, what are we doing? The wedding of... Me, me, um, uh, River Song, that's Melody it. Song. <laughs> yes. She got itched at last. Yes. Melody Pond, River Pond. <laughs> it was, I, I've got to admit, first impressions, um, it was a bit of a mishmash, but I did enjoy yeah. it on, on, overall. Mm. I love the special effects of the planes being carried oh. in the air balloons oh, and yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. trains yeah. going yeah. through the, the gherkin. And, and, and the little sign, do not feed the pterodactyls, they are murdered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. first section. But, yeah. And it now makes sense of what Ian McNeese said at Hooverville. Yes. yes. Where he said he was a bit out of time. And, yeah. 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 I, it still left me with some questions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we I, know I, I, that the... I'm sorry I'm going to say the word. The ending was a cop-out. He yes. doesn't yeah, die. Yeah. We, we, I we expected that from the first... Yeah, and I think we did yeah. actually predict at one point it was going to be a tes- well, tesla when, when we saw the tessellator, we predicted that it would be the tessellator. We did ask, where when, has the tessellator gone? Has yeah, the doctor got yeah, it? Will he use it? Yeah. Not quite. But... And also when we had the Gangers episode... Yeah, we speculated that it might be a flesh doctor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm assuming that he's in the tessellator. I can't say the blooming word. Well, if, if you tessellator, tessellator. If, if you saw, if you looked through the eye, you had him oh, yeah. dancing and the TARDIS right in the background, with the doors yeah. open. So, so, yeah. so does That's he? Where the TARDIS was it? Yeah. So does he then? I'm wondering how he makes it regenerate. Because it goes golden. It goes so, golden. To regenerate. Well, so I'm wondering how he inside it, mini me. <laughs> makes it i think i think he, if you effect. if you notice yeah it was a programmed effect because when in let's call hitler it um created the image of who river song was for melody pond yeah. you suddenly had sort of the head doubled you had the outline of the hair before the hair was filled so in. So it's almost like so, a holographic image. Yeah i think it mm, was sort of maybe. a holographic and it, so it spread itself so is it is it the the tessellator thingy that gets burnt to crisp, he just tops into his TARDIS well, and dematerialises. It got burnt to a crisp because it, it it is definitely metal. All we saw was the boat burning. So you saw him in the flames, so he wasn't burning for all we could see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, was. yeah. I, ex- I expect that when the boat burnt, he fell through the bottom yeah. and will walk across the bottom of the lake and will come up the it, other side. side. He yeah. may destroy the tessellator, but. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, if it I think... does, I'm sure he'll let everyone join him in the TARDIS. Oh, did he say something about getting singed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, as, as you said, if, even if it did, the TARDIS is big enough to take the whole crew, everyone runs in, he goes back to the mothership, wherever it is. Yeah, yeah. well, they can just beam up. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Well, um, that's whether the mothership is... Obviously, it can travel in time, but that's yeah. whether the mothership is in orbit 
Presumably, it's always yeah. a morbid yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, that's that's mere idle speculation. I like the fact that the, the little nod back to the first time we see Amelia in that, and the fact that she's doing the same thing. She's making the drawing, Amy. Amy. Yeah. yeah, she calls herself Amelia, but yeah, yeah. And she's making the, the um the little box. police box and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And but I do like the fact she doesn't recognise Rory, and Rory doesn't recognise him. No. But the silence breaking in and sort of like the man who's died a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. I yeah, it was. It's because, obviously, as we as you mentioned, it's because Amy grew up in a room where there's a cracking time. Yeah. That's how she remembers. She can see things differently and remember yeah. things differently. Which is why Rory couldn't. Yeah, but she could. Yeah, I like the answer to the eye patch as well. Yes, yes. I think I guess that fairly early well, on. I think we all had a pretty good idea. Yeah, it has something to do with so they can. But also, I th- I, I, I th- mentioning the eye patch, and I like. I think it was very touching. Yeah, the yeah. decision, his decision to finally do this, and instead of running away on a yeah. grand tour, was the death of the brigadier. Yes, mm. now that was a very. Uh, I think they got uh, fandom slapped the wrists when it returned because we mentioned they did a, a caption for Sarah Jane. Yeah, yeah. but Slayton, nothing yeah. was uh, a caption for Elizabeth Slade, but nothing was mentioned for, about for Nicholas Nick. Courtney. Yeah, that mm. seemed but, off. Yeah, yeah, but I think this. Make, yeah. Makes up for, more yeah. than makes up this, for This it. was their little farewell yeah, to and, Nick. And it's yeah. farewell to Nick, and it's in character for the character. Yeah. We won't see the Brigadier again. No, no. 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 I thought Although, that was quite nice. Of course, to the Doctor, as has been pointed out in this episode, nobody's really dead to the yeah, Doctor. He, he can nip back, yes. And same but, with the River Song, of course. She? Yeah. I also have to say, though, a bit like David Tennant's Doctor... A day lasts an awful long time <laughs> in a doctor's world. Yeah. You can do yeah. if you want to. You, you can manipulate it any way you like. I mean, I know he does time travel, but but then why does he bother to say, I've got to do this in a day, if he's yeah. going to take six years or whatever? Yeah, yeah it does make him... It's a bit of a mockery. Yeah. I kind of... I, I had... On, on the question, I thought it was going to be one of two things. The obvious one is why. Yeah. The, yeah. the question, because all kids, the first question they ask is why, why, why. Yeah. My my second choice was going to be who. Yeah. 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 It's nice they tied it into the title of the program. Mm. It, it makes it more than what it seems. Doctor Who as a title has always seemed rather weird. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think it isn't when you it's... when you watch the first episode and you know the the story behind it. Yeah, but I think as time's gone yeah. by. I think it's yeah. been, the Doctor is Doctor Who because yeah. he's not. Mm. It, it's been a common misception where the show uh, is is concerned that the lead character is called Doctor Who. Well, he's he was not, titled that you know, he, he, on the but, credits. But yeah, it's, for a long time he Very was titled time. that in the credits. But the central factor is the character is not Doctor Who. The character no. is no. just the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. I mean, it, I think a pun has been made of it a couple of times in mm. the show itself. In yes. Doctor oh, who, who is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And except it was only just once mentioned by the War Machine as... Oh, the War Machine kept going on about bring me Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no, that's considered uh, a faux pas. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 I, Dodgy Machine. <laughs> I'm not too... I, I was a bit concerned that we were going to... Either A, not answer everything at yeah. the end of this, and this is going to be another Steve Moffat lies we kind of stuff. Who blew up the TARDIS? No, this is true. Um, but we also, my other fear was that we will answer everything and be given a whole new <laughs> load of questions <laughs> to make another, yeah, X Files. 
the have, the whole thing about the question will be asked at the Battle of Ujima flip yeah. on the plane of wherever kind yeah. of start. I don't mind that because no. that can be in sixteen yeah, regenerations time if a, they go into that undefined. Kind of, he, I yeah. think he's probably got Byzantium yeah, sort of thing. I think he's got may have plans or or ideas, mm. but it's an unspecified event that can happen X amount of years yeah. down the line. I yeah. mean, it yeah. could be the thing that he does when he genuinely comes to the end of his life yeah. cycles and dies. You As know, if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> But obviously, that's the point at which becomes the empire, emperor of the universe, runs everything, <laughs> and you know, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, "Who am I?" Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but nice cameos, particularly uh, we had um, um, what's his name again? Dorm, uh, the blue guy. Dorm. No, I was thinking of oh. the writer. Um, oh, Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens, Dickens. the rather famous writer. <laughs> <laughs> the good one. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I did like the way you had all the, the... The way they represented all the clashes. The fact that, yeah. that time was all running every, parallel. But it was, it was interactive. Yeah. Every, every, mm. it, time was proceeding, going forward, but everything was happening at once. Mm. And they were all interacting. It was sort of a, a mishmash. Doesn't really make sense. No. No. But it wasn't like Roman soldiers were trying to outrace cars or anything. You know, the rules had been established, uh, yeah. but it was all yeah. interactive with each other, which I thought was quite we, nice. We had the Silurian Doctor as well mm. as, as the Emperor's physician. Yeah, nothing future ish, though. No. Everything 2012 yeah, I think earlier. it was up to 2011, because that's where time stopped. Oh, yeah. So it I was just... So. Yeah. And, and a nice little heart back to the first um, two parters with the the the, 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 the five little bar five bar gates. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many times you see the silence? Yeah, so yeah. One appearing. When one appeared, you then, knew what that meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah you instantly. Yeah. Anyone who's followed the show yeah. instantly knew that was. And it's don't worry, we're okay if there's only a few of them, and the other arm is completely <laughs> yeah. covered with. Yeah. Well, one thing we know for sure is that his first wife has to have been dead. Either that or he's committing bigamy. <laughs> well, I know he's married in an alternative universe that reset when she kills him, etc. But I still think, unless his first wife well, is dead... She was, she, time, she, Lord, yeah, she was on Gallifrey, yeah. so she's gone. He yeah. can't get to her anymore. Even if she's stuck in a time yeah. Lock, yeah. yeah. They're all dead, effectively. They're all dead. Either that or he never got married. <laughs> Just had the kids. Uh, <laughs> Maybe yeah. dirty old man. Yeah. <laughs> it also the the implication was that he told her his name, but then yeah. transpires he didn't. He did mm. just look in the eye. So we still haven't seen her being told his name. We we assume that she knows the name because she told it to the tenant doctor. Yeah. So well, we assume it's, it's her, her, his name that she well, tells him. It was it was something significant. Oh, yeah. So doesn't the doctor actually say that? I think uh, yeah, then, I'm going to have to go for, back and watch the episode. From what we can make it, out, however, as he said, you know, she might be locked up at, in the day, but yes. what she does at night is between me and her. So <laughs> I suspect if what they're doing at night is between him and her, right. at some point he's told her his name. So we, yes. we got, the, got the impression of that, I mean, through the um, ongoing episodes. I mean, certainly the, the last of the... Ice fairs on River Thames. Mm. Yes. You know, it's the most escaped of prison in the history of... Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's got a little help. He's letting her out. Yes. Yeah. 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 
I'm not quite sure I, I buy the idea of the Doctor being able to stay undercover so nobody knows he's still alive. No. How uh, long can that possibly last for? Yeah. He's, he's four-dimensional, too. Yeah. They must... Yeah, well, even in his future he must do something big. That's the, that's and they the, would say, oh, actually, he's not dead at all. Uh, that's the whole point. If he has... You know, they're, they're forever going to try to kill him, because even if they had killed him, yeah. he's still going to turn up in a future point from yeah. Yeah. Th- their point of view. Yes. Yeah. I think this is a way of being able to calm the programme down and draw back from the the soldier aspect that they've gone into. Because the programme, since he's come... Since after the Time War... Eccleston and to an extent tenants beginning mm-hmm. were very much um, still elements of the soldier to it more than the adventurer. Yeah. They oh. were doing the adventures, but there was that element of mm. the, the, the post traumatic stress. And oh, maybe yeah. this is the excuse to actually yeah. pull yeah. back so that, from that. That is certainly something come, that come across with uh, Jenny, the doctor's daughter, saying, mm. commenting that he's planning this as a campaign. He's acting as a soldier, no matter how much. The tenant doctor refuted it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was behaving in the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And perhaps this is also an option to step back because each season has had to have bigger and better and more dramatic mm. climaxes than the season before it. Mm-hmm. This, so gives an ex- this is a, it's an opportunity to, as yeah. you said, step back, calm down. It gives the excuse as well within the program as to say why it's happened rather yeah. than suddenly just change yeah. the perspective and angle of the program. Yeah. You've got the reason why the next season it's just going to be sort of like yeah. having adventures through time and space. And again, instead of the uh, almighty cosmic repercussions, mm. it might, gives it the option still to have massive repercussions, but to bring it more personal down to character level mm-hmm. rather than galactic level yeah mm. yeah it should normally be about resolving the problem of that week yeah yeah, yeah. which i'm sure will be again next year well, well, the year I, after given the way it's split ag- yeah again given given the warnings of rule number one yeah i think it is an option to sort of bring it down and, and give it uh, more personal i think aspect. they had to as well because i i got the feeling that steve moffat and russell t or steve moffat got into an arms race with russell t so to speak and it was like hmm. you've done these arcs well my arcs are going to be better than you and there's a point at which you're starting to fight yourself. How yeah. do you outdo well, this con- interview? Last season, they rebooted the universe yeah. with the Big Bang. And they kind this, of did it again today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This season, they're going to kill the Doctor. There comes a point where you've either got to actually fulfil one of these... Yeah. Or you've got to step back because, I mean, we all said it at the beginning. Oh, they're going to kill someone. Do you mean really kill someone? Yeah. Or, and as it is, it's the cop-out kill someone yeah. kind of style again. Getting back to the cop out, I I do feel a little cheated. Yeah. Moffat did say that is a doctor. He does die. That's not a copy or anything. And it, you know, Moffat lies. Moffat lies. But, but, but I think I think if you, if the tessellator is destroyed, then yes, they have killed a doctor. The, the doctor was there. He was in that body. <laughs> yeah, you know, in yeah. a, From a certain point of view, but it's still it, it is pushing it. It, it is really. But pushing I, th- it. I think that's the thing. They got to pl- pull away from that kind of stuff because I think people, not not just us fans. I have people at work who watch it that talk to me, who are getting a little bit jaded with some of this, and and they're now sort of like, saying, oh yes, yeah, so like that's going to really happen, kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I think they need to. 
stop holding themselves to hostage or, or rather Stephen Moffat has to stop holding himself to hostage in terms of I've got to make it more it's got to be more complicated got to be more yeah. death count and we can't kill it you know whatever it is just maybe going back to something more simplistic of adventures gives them a chance to have a little bit of a respite down mm. yeah. yeah and leaves him without companions at yeah. the end again yeah. Yeah. for the Christmas special yeah. Yeah. no I mean I, some of it I was a little disappointed with in terms of summing it up at the end, but I, I thought it was quite enjoyable little romp. Yeah. Um, it answered most of the questions. It was a little bit convoluted, but lovely well, special effects. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, lovely special effects, but unlike last seasons or previous seasons, mm-hmm. and including the uh, Pandorica. Big Bang. Uh, big Pandorica, Big Bang. Mm. It hasn't ended on mass tragedy. No. No. Oh, no. The Big Bang ended on a nice, I know, uplifting... I know the Big Bang ended on the, the marriage. The but, wedding, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the wedding, but we did have that... Again. Yeah, <laughs> we did have that mash tragedy of him mm. being sealed behind the crack. Yeah. yeah. And the teary scene beside Emilia's bedside. Yes. Yeah. Now this has allowed you to, you know, yeah. it can pick up with Rory and Amelia at some point if you want, if they sign back up again. If not, their yeah. companions that go off into sunset, but keep up to date with their daughter turning up. Yeah. Um, and it allows the Doctor to go off and get new companions and have new adventures. And it allows River to appear in it occasionally if yeah. they want to. Yeah, yeah. It did seem a bit abrupt, but I think uh, deliberate. They didn't have a hook to get you yeah. back in, yeah. mm. so it was de- deliberately abrupt to get you to want to watch more. But uh... but it also means Rory is his father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if I, well, Amy is his mother, if well, his mother-in-law, I think if that's the case, then he has the proper attitude with his father-in-law. Considering the type of times <laughs> yeah. Rory has taken him to task. Well, also yeah, considering. True. His father-in-law is older than him. <laughs> yeah. Rory being 2,000 years old, counting the plastic versions, and the Doctor isn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's right. That's should be, isn't it? But no, um, I, I quite enjoyed it on first view, and I probably would... I think I might have to watch it again to make sure I've followed all the, yeah. the, the tales on this and that First kind of impressions. Stuff. First yeah, impressions, yeah. Very good. I don't think it's, for me, it's not quite up there with Big Bang, which is something nah. magical for me. <laughs> it's a real pinnacle, but but it's still great stuff. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it was enjoyable, Rom. I mean, none of, very little of this season or anything does it for me in terms of the 10 out of 10 factor, but no, enjoyable. Before we go on, we've forgotten something. We haven't said hello. He's looking at me. He is. looking straight at me. That, that, he looks, that's looking very John Wayne-ish yeah. under that yeah. hat. He's actually yeah. got the Stetson on at slightly jaunty. He has. No yes. sound over his eyes. Well, it? he's he's partying later. There's a bullet hole in the side. Is it? Is yeah. his cowboy mode? It you know? is. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Pertwee. Hello, cardboard Grundhilda Knockknacker and your fez. And hello, various... Graham, stop pumping the Daleks! <laughs> what the hell is he doing? <laughs> yeah. And what the Amy's doing? Where's the Amy's no longer down on the console? No, no, the, she... the, they're clinched in front of the Dalek. What are they doing? Lying down. No, no. Could you uh, keep your minions under control? I have to say, that poor Dalek's going to be traumatised. <laughs> it's got Graham taking him from behind <laughs> and he's watching lesbian sex <laughs> with plastic Amy's. It's just wrong. 
definitely some hand action going on there with those Amy's. You need to get a woman in your life <laughs> and not Karen Killen. Uh, cardboard's good enough. Much <laughs> <laughs> less hassle. She's starting to buckle in the middle. You know, it's losing all its She's got stiffness. A <laughs> I supply that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I want to have a shower. I feel I'm clean. Which takes us nicely on to Hooverville. We've been going to conventions. We We've have. Been going We're reliving our long-lost, misspent youth. Mm. We went to Derby. Isn't it nice, though, this time round, to be able to go to conventions and afford to buy things. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, it's not so much we went to, to Derby, it's we got stuck in a time vortex <laughs> that meant that what should have been a three-and-a-half-hour journey <laughs> took we nearly st- twice as long. We were stuck in a chronic history. Yeah. <laughs> we were stuck in a chronic history. And when we eventually we managed to get off the time no we were stuck in a chronic history. 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 I'm going to throw something, could you? We were stuck in a chronic history. Brick, we were stuck in a chronic hysteresis. We were stuck in a chronic hysteresis. You've got to edit this. You've broken it. I did. Anyway, back to Hooverville. Oh, yes. It were right good. Aye. We've got to talk with Derby accents, which this one isn't. We we should explain to people who may either A, have only been to massive great conventions or not gone to ones at all. Hooverville is a smallish convention. A one-dayer. It's a one-dayer. It's what, probably about five, seven, Hundred attendees. No, no, we're near that. Small dealers' room, um, small auditorium. Guests are allowed to wander around and press the flesh with the um, attendees, or be mm. escorted. Um, mm-hmm. And it is quite. It's, fun. it's more like a little social gathering, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. To some right. extent, particularly us podcasters. Oh, God, and there yeah. was a podcast room. We had a whole room we to ourselves. Yes. Well, us and others. We had uh, Tim's take on, and we had the. A uh, two-minute Time Lord. Yep, and uh, Tin Dog. Uh, Tin Dog was there. We interviewed some lovely people. That was nerve-wracking. Oh, <laughs> thanks to thanks to uh, El Presidente giving us buckets full of information, informing exactly what we was going to do. Not we. We didn't <laughs> find out that we were interviewing people until the morning we arrived. <laughs> yeah. I think and this was so we didn't get all very nervous. And then they told us we were interviewing Barbara Shelley, and so we got nervous. Yes. Barbara Shelley was probably the first British queen of horror. Yep. yep. If you've ever seen a vampire movie from the Hammer movies, you will have seen Barbara Kelly getting... Kelly? Shelley? Shelley. (laughs) Getting stabbed in tits. (laughs) Or or having her neck bitten. Yep. Chewed. She told some wonderful stories about Christopher Lee. Oh, and Pat Troughton. And Pat Troughton. Oh, yeah. And she... She came across. Uh, unfortunately, she is very old now. She came across Set a, a very frail yeah. person. You know, it, it, I'm, I'm glad that she was our first person yeah. in the interview because we were nervous and it gave us more reason to be gentle on her. Although she may be frail physically, but that brain is oh, still God, going no, to right. yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Hatcher's instructions to us were, please be gentle, she's old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what he thought we were going to do to the woman. It was really interesting, because oh, yeah, although yes. was, she'd been in Who, mm. yes. um, but we actually ended up talking more about her hammer, hammer, yeah. hammer time. She was Sarasta in Planet of Fire. It was more That's ended up talking about her recollections of Peter Cushing and, and uh, Christopher Lee. Yes. Yep. And Pat Shelton. And, Pat Trapped, yes. playing the flute while she was singing arias. Yes, yes. 
And we also interviewed Ian McNeese. Oh, yeah, yes. Jill. Ah, Jill. He was a good lad. Yeah, I think yeah. we might have to bleep that one in a few places. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes, he was uh, more, sort of more direct and... Enthusiastic. Flight. Enthusiastic, yes. yes. That's the word I'm looking for. With a cracking hat. Yes. He took his hat off, actually. He did, didn't he? Mm. He did for oh, us. I don't know. Doesn't take his hat off for everyone. No. <laughs> no. For us, he did. Yes. Did wonder why he wore it all the time. <laughs> Thought maybe he's secretly bald. Yeah, because yeah, no. no. I wondered why he wore it. It's full head of hair. Because it was wearing it when... hip and happening. Yeah, yeah it's a beanie hat. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing it to Gallifrey. Yeah. yeah. To, to Hooverville. It's his lucky hat. Must be. Mm-hmm. No, but he was he was fun. We kind of like wound him up and let him go. Really. Yeah. <laughs> we just needed to ask him one question, and he, he off he off. went. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Apart from me and McNeese, and there was Fraser Hines, Fraser Hines was there, yeah. Nicola Bryant, who had knackered her eye yeah, and was wearing eye. an eye patch. It was yeah. so tempting just to sit in the front row, everyone with eye patches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she might not have got that. No. Yeah, she was mm. trying to avoid all the silence. Yeah, wipe yeah. Stuff. Someone does amazed... anyone else think this entire season has been a silent tribute to Nick Courtney? With <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the eye patches. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Could be. There was also someone on the main stage called Anne, Anne, um, Ad, Adam, Ad, Adam Purcell, Purcell, I think. Yes. Horrible oh. Purcell, no, I, I had didn't to call him. I, I had to walk uh, He made an arse of himself. Yeah, that was just <laughs> yeah. disgusting. I, I come here and I... Well, see, uh, quality entertainment. And, quality, and they put this rubbish up. I know, yeah. I know. It's very weird. I don't really know why I was chosen. <laughs> I was the only podcaster who actually went up yeah. on main stage. Mm. Yeah. We offered to, but then we thought, nah. <laughs> Fraser Hines was interesting, especially with this stuff with him working with Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Yeah, yeah really, I, I missed his one because mm. he, he mentioned he said that when he was uh, he was a boy and he was doing his film with Chaplin, he had an idea for a joke which he ran past him and mm-hmm. Chaplin listened to him, suggested some changes and adapted it into the film. And as a result, Fraser Hines will always listen to young actors that he's working with and encourage them to give their ideas when they're filming. Yeah. It was about yes. pretty cool. Seven or nine at the time. Something like that, oh, really? yeah. It's a hell of a memory to have, oh, though, God. isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, no, he was, he was very interesting, and he spoke about his cancer that he'd been through recently mm-hmm. and that oh, kind really? of stuff, oh, yeah. Um, but no, he's... Who he's else did we have? Very interesting. Ian McNeese on stage. Um, yes. We had the guy from Caves of Androzani, Morris... Oh, yes. Reeves. Reeves, Sh- yeah. Sharazek. No. No, no, no he was he was um, Stop. 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 the gun runner. Who else did we have? Sarah I didn't see Sarah Sutton. No, no I didn't see Sarah no, Sutton. Missed, she was there, Sarah Sutton. Missed her completely. I missed her completely as well. Yeah. yeah. I spent most of the time in the uh, podcast. Are we sure she room. was there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she was there. I think I saw the tail end of her panel, but I think it's because I've seen Sarah Sutton last convention life around. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Quite a few times. Was this the convention where the rumour got round that she was marrying Tom Baker? Um <laughs> I don't know, Tom but Baker. we're talking probably back yes, in the eighties. In the eighties, and she had just got engaged. Well, it's Pete Davidson. No, no, no. no. She right. she just got engaged, and she announced that she'd just got engaged. And the guy she was marrying was a doctor. That's and right. so by the end of the afternoon, she had to go back up on stage again and say, I'm not marrying Tom Baker, because people had worked out, well, Peter Davison was married at the time. Uh, and so, yeah. so the only one left was Tom Baker. So pod, um, fans being fans, <laughs> yep. there could have been no other explanation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've seen her a few times. Strange other things have happened. So. Mm, that horse becoming Pope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you get doctors going out with doctors. Doctor's daughters mm. yeah. <laughs> and producing doctor's granddaughters, granddaughters. <laughs> and not yeah. calling them 
Sam Susan. They really missed an opportunity <laughs> there. <laughs> Tristan Peatfield, who we were going to interview, but got uh, switched out. Oh, yeah, yeah. after all the about. research we did. Yeah. We, yeah. We, hours, we, hours. we Googled his name. Yeah. His special effects guy isn't right, is it? He's like no, much, he... much more than that. Mm. He's responsibility for the look, the whole dressing yes. of the sets. Yeah. And... Art director or something. Yeah. Right. Also, it's a different venue. To the previous yes, couple of years. Still, there was still a little bit of a problem with the dealer's room and autograph room. I yeah. really yes, think yes. they should separate the two of them out. Because yeah. I didn't get to see anything in the dealer's room to any extent because the autograph to, queue was just... Yeah. All the way around yeah. the table. Yeah. Yes. That was a shame. Didn't bother getting an autograph, but, but it looked hell. Our yeah. wonderful artist was there. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Steve Caldwell. Caldwell. Caldwell, yes. Yeah, I bought another couple of pictures. You did? Yes. I bought another picture as Which well. Which one so. did we buy? We bought we, all the doctors, We bought all the doctors with a villain. Yeah. I, I bought the sepia Sarah Jane Smith. That's a nice one. Yeah. I bought a couple of Amy Fishers. Really? Yeah. Really? What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, he tends to draw her with her clothes on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have to give I a special commission. I preferred the um, engine shed location I just did. because it was quaint. Yeah. But Unusual. the um, the city centre location was a lot more convenient. More practical, the, the, the chairs were more comfortable. <laughs> well, and it was also just a, a short walk from the the hotel yeah, and you didn't hungry. have to get a steam train no, no. i think the say the only thing i would say is that next year they do need to to split the autograph yeah. from the dealer's room mm. i think that would be a good idea yeah. having the podcast room is quite nice because what they've done is they gave us a room downstairs which was um not soundproofed but we could shut the door so the different podcasters could interview the different actors mm. but we were in a goldfish bowl. There yeah. was a massive great window, window. like, like yeah. a big cool People with their noses so pressed against it. So people could actually come and watch what was going on and as long as they kept quiet, Missing could come in while we were recording our different mm-hmm. podcasts. It didn't quite go according to plan. The plan was that we'd have constant podcasting over the internet. But there but was... We didn't have no. Yeah. It, was meant, it was meant to be streamed live. Streamed, yeah. Yeah. And th- people were meant to come in and watch the attendees but again it wasn't really set up the room wasn't really set no. up for that and I think that had been quite difficult in that you've got to we, we've we got to come off as someone's got to come in or vice versa and coordinating that would yeah. be quite difficult in real yeah. time unless we'd had kind of rehearsals or I don't I think it would have worked with the streaming we'd have ended up doing like um, a tag system yeah sort yeah. of one lot declaring right I've had enough next lot in yeah. yes yeah yeah, it could work next time, maybe. So, have we have we got these interviews? We have. Well, we will give you a few edited highlights just to wet your whistle, and then you can uh, listen to the full things on the Staggering Stories website. So, what was Christopher? What's Christopher Lee like? Uh, well, have you got three hours? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we could make three hours. <laughs> Christopher is delightful to work with. I worked in, on more than one movie with him, and. He's got the most wonderful singing voice. Yes. You know that? Yeah. He used to sing with Swedish opera. Oh. Yeah. He, he did roles like Sparafucili and that in Rigoletto. And, and so I have a bass baritone voice too. <laughs> Before I had the stroke, it was deep like this, but I had a stroke four years ago, yeah. by the way. And yeah. uh, so we used to sing through the... Oh, it was lovely at Bray because there was the river outside at the Maidenhead Studio, yeah. uh, Maidenhead Studios. And in the morning, you'd get the sound of the water, the sound of me and Christopher <laughs> squawking in opera, and lovely Patrick Troughton playing his flute. Oh, really? oh, you expected so to lovely. see a little face come through the rushes outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was lovely first thing in the morning. 
I thought, did we enjoy Wilverville? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nah, really good. Say, yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. We had a competition, as we you did. all know. Ages and ages ago now. And yeah. we stuff. have actually had some entrance. We've we had tons. Tons of postbags. Our sacks are overflowing. I was going to say postbags, because it sounds oh, better rather than I was sacks. Just, I was just going for the rude. <laughs> yeah, I know you were going for <laughs> rude. This is not torture wood. Okay. So, so we've narrowed it down to the top three who all win prizes. Wises. Damned if I know how we're going to get them to you, but you've won them. We so- will email you and ask you for your address, of course. And then we will sell your address to a mail <laughs> shop company. We will post it on the internet. Yes. So have we decided on a winning order? Well, we'll go with number three first. Our third place. Right, and at number three, written by the wonderful Benjamin Elliot, we have a scene between Amy and the Doctor. See if you can guess who's who. (laughs) Doctor, you know that big red button that you said we must never press? Yes. Well, Rory pressed it, and it asked him to generate tomorrow's lottery numbers for the UK. That's a bit weird. Must, Must be a fault. It said it in your voice, asking for a Gallifreyan password. Well, of course it would. I created the lottery. You did what? My Uncle Charlie went bankrupt with all the money he frittered away on that con job. I've known people who killed themselves over all the money they spent on it. How could you be involved? After a certain point in history... Banks start closing accounts. The left alone growing interest. Very financially inconvenient. So I created the lottery to ensure I'd have a source of revenue to dip into when I didn't keep the accounts up to date. This shatters so many beliefs in you. It shattered them the first five times as well. Thankfully, I also created the retcon drug. Mm. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> the end. And second place is Patrick. Oh, Yo, well Patrick! Patrick! This involves the Doctor, Amy, Rory, and a special guest. Mm. And... Yes? A strange man appeared out of nowhere. Finished Amy, finally. The Doctor stared. Who is he? He asked. Well, I don't know, do I? He keeps asking for you. The Doctor got up from his tinkering. Well, I'd better go and take a look. Where is he? In mine and Rory's bedroom. Don't know what he's doing there, but I left him with Rory. Meanwhile, in Amy and Rory's room... So, where did you come from? Rory asked the stranger. No idea. The man replied. He was English, pale, and somehow both old and young at the same time. (laughs) He appeared to be wearing a white T-shirt with some strange slogan that Rory couldn't quite make out. The man continued. I was just chatting with my friends and about the new... He stopped suddenly. The new what? Rory prompted. Oh, never mind. The man said, suddenly embarrassed. (laughs) Suddenly the door burst open and the doctor and Amy rushed in. Hello, I'm the doctor. This is Amy and that's Rory. The doctor said at speed. Now, who are you? But the man wasn't talking. He was staring at Amy with undisguised lust. Um... Hello? The doctor tried to regain the man's attention to no avail. The doctor then noticed something poking out of the man's pocket. His shirt pocket, that is. The doctor thought he recognised it. Is that a toy Dalek in your pocket? He asked. Or are you just pleased to see me? Finished Amy. Adam, said the man abruptly. My name's Adam. This recorded a podcast, my friends. Now I'm here. But there was no more time for chit-chat, as the small Dalek was indeed rising out of Adam's pocket. You are the doctor! It screamed with glee. This is the TARDIS! Very astute of you, sir, replied the doctor. Now, who are you, may I ask? I am Mr. Dalek! The tiny killing machine announced. And you will be exterminated! 
Mr. Dalek and the TARDIS Invasion, coming soon. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> well done, Patrick. You have prizes coming to you. And drumroll, please. The winner is Nick. Well? You know that wardrobe you're always saying you're fond of? Doctor walks away from the console room into the corridors of the TARDIS. Rory! You didn't mean it, Doctor, honest. 900 years. 900 years of space and time. I thought Darvish, Marker, Dalek, Cyberman, the terrible Zodin. Zodin? Doctor stops dead, turning around. Ooh, she was a minx. Grins and spins back round. But none of them, not the Marker, not the Primoid, not Zodin... Or Daleks confounded him as much as humans. Rory! He didn't mean it. You mean you didn't mean it? No, he pressed it. Humans. You eat, you talk, you conquer, you cry, you breed, and someone tells you about a big red button that you're not supposed to press, and you press it. And then things explode, and there are babies, and Belgium disappears. Why would Belgium disappear? Because it does. Because that's what Belgium does. Because that's what happens when you press buttons you're not supposed to press. Rory! Doctor, where are we going? To wherever Rory is. Do you know where Rory is? No, of course not. If I did know where he was, I wouldn't be shouting, Rory! Doctor, I, um... Sticks his head out from around a corridor. Ah, Rory, there you are. Did you... Rory, come out from there. No, it's okay. I'm okay here. Rory, did you press the button you was, weren't supposed to press? No. Oh. Looks at Amy. What? Rory, come out from here. I'm really good. Right here. Why? I'm not wearing any pants. You're not wearing any pants? Yeah, I'm not wearing any pants. Why aren't you wearing any pants? Well, I was in the TARDIS wardrobe. Without pants? I had pants on to start with. Doctor looks at Amy, then Rory, and walks off. The TARDIS hum changes pitch. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I liked that. That was very good. You really captured the essence of the characters. Congratulations. <laughs> some prizes. Congratulations. We will be contacting you in due course to get addresses to where to send the incriminating pictures. Yes. You've been writing to us again, you lovely, lovely, lovely people. Thank you. Some of you have been writing a lot. Yes. <laughs> some yes. of you haven't been using the spell checker. <laughs> and some of you, should I ever meet you, I will take an exclamation mark <laughs> and I will put it... <laughs> okay. That's enough. We've heard from Adrian. Hello, Adrian. Adrian, Adrian comes from Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah. We've been there. You have. You have. Yeah. He says, hello again, team. Hello. Hello, Adrian. So season six, part two is pretty good so far. Let's mm. Kill Hitler was a freaking amazing ride that <laughs> tied up a lot of issues well, and The Girl Who Waited was good too. The Doll's House episode was a little weak, I think, but pro uh, probably suffers due to Let's Kill Hitler's awesomeness. Probably. Mm. And I think I'm starting to dislike the Doctor in this incarnation. Oh. He gets more and more careless with others' lives and then tries to justify it. When Rory takes him to task for not checking for danger before landing his response was I don't travel that way Rory's response of then I don't want to travel mm. with you anymore was totally appropriate mm. and more mature even with throwing the glasses <laughs> <laughs> it would be a shame if the doctor does succeed in, in turning Rory into someone like the doctor like Rory decries in The Girl Who Waited that inner change reminded me of Vampires of Venice when Rory mm. was mad at the Doctor. Then Rory expressed that the Doctor was dangerous because he made everyone want to impress him. Matt Smith's Doctor still seems to me to be a boy pretending to be a man, kind of a cosmically 
selfish brat who unfortunately can take the universe down with them when he finally melts down. But he has been heading there since Tennant. Tennant, to me, was a man who tried to hide his grief and loneliness in the guise of an adventurous boy. To be fair, the Doctor has experienced a lot of loss over the last few years. Chris E. was all PTSD from losing the Time Lords, but Rose's love saved him. (laughs) Tennant lost Martha to a regular life, lost Joan in the past as Mr. Smith, lost Rose to his own clone, and then had to erase Donna's memories, thereby losing his best friend. I think Donna was making him better, but as soon as she was gone, he went from depression in The Next Doctor to off the deep end in Waters of Mars. And then Matt Smith is set up with the trap of Amy Pond, the girl who doesn't fit. (laughs) would it be for any of us to realise that your new best friend was tortured for years and lost her family just to make your life miserable? She did get her life and family back, but still. I guess I didn't realise until now that whole incarnation of the Doctor is his darkest hour. He has lost a lot of the time, but fakes it, which puts puts his friends continuously at risk. I also see the whole Colonel Runway and villain mod squad from A Good Man Goes to War wholly differently. What he does to Colonel Runway is pretty vindictive, childish and cruel. And the team he brought was brought only to die, or at least he didn't think about it. Mm. Tennant always gave someone a chance to stop Mm. whatever they were doing. See the next Doctor, among other examples. Heck, he even gave the Master a chance in the end of time. Even PTSD war vet Eccleston couldn't pull the triggers on the Dalek. Rose had to do that, see Parting of the Ways. Mm-hmm. Tennant also couldn't finish off the Daleks either. His half-human clone had to do that, see Journey's End. <laughs> but Matt Smith's Doctor, he ends the silence by turning the human race into his murder squad. And in A Good mm. Man Goes to War, he blows up a whole colony of Cybermen just to intimidate the survivors to give info on Amy. The Doctor seems to me to be to not be very Doctorish anymore, mm. which is exactly what Moffat was getting at with the whole Doctor means warrior now. He's losing himself and has been for a while. Eccleston Doctor barely had time to process the time war the war was just before new who started right and he only lived about a hundred years or was he 20 if you go from the tv movie i don't know Tennant barely had time to deal with the loss of rose he was only alive three to five years as i understand it and then he lost martha joan and donna and the time lords again but matt smith is going to have at least 200 years of actually having to deal with life and loss that he has been avoiding for hundreds of years Mm. makes me think of a line from the dark knight harvey dent ironically states that you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain that was my harvey dent voice Ah, matt smith's doctor is well on his way well i've rambled enough be seeing you adrian los angeles ca usa P.S. I found your American gangers. Or rather, a US podcast group that is smart and funny like you all. (laughs) I'd say they are one of the better Who podcasts in the USA, just as you all are the best UK podcasts for Who. If you're looking for a good commentary on Who fans from an American perspective, check them out. And he's given all their information, Um. so we will put those links up online. What's their name? They're called... Doctor Who cast. BC New again. Adrian the Humerican. American. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. Adrian raises some good points there. I think, yeah. Yes. I think he's actually raised some points that I've mentioned in the past. Smoke, 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 smoke. He's stolen from you. Yeah. He did. No, no, no. I stole them <laughs> from You're him. You're accusing. No, I stolen them from him retroactively. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Timey wimey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. I I have a letter here from someone I don't think we've ever heard from. It's uh, a new person. Peter oh yeah, yeah. No. No. We've heard of him. 
But he's never written to no, us. No, he's never. We haven't heard from him. Oh, okay. Heard, but I don't think we've ever heard from this person before. Okay. Okay. Uh, Adrian uh, from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it nice when new people write in? Oh, it is. <laughs> Hello, team. Hello, Hello again, Adrian. Again. <laughs> so I've just finished watching Stein's Gate. Yeah. It is a 2010 Amy. Amy. Obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> a 2010 anime about the consequences of time travel and the wackiness of mad scientists. Oh, those wacky mad He's scientists. He's given a uh, uh, Wikipedia uh, address. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, sort of, yeah, two Wikipedia addresses. Uh, so don't read more than the first two paragraphs of either wiki, though. Ah, and I think he's giving a, a sort of a 30-second recommendation on it as well. Okay, ah. should we start the clock? It is one of the best shows I have ever seen, really, and it treats the science seriously as much as you can with time travel. It's all theory, anyway. Picture a younger, more insecure version of the Doctor learning about how to invent time travel and then having to deal with the consequences. He has, like, six companions... The series is serious, hilarious, sad, horrific, heartbreaking and uplifting. If you don't like it, and if it doesn't make you laugh and cry, I will give you each a pound or a pint or something less than that. Someday. And yes, they customise a microwave into a time device and then go to war against CERN. Yes, that's CERN. But spelled S-E-R-N. It is an anime, so what else did you expect? I've also been thinking about re-watching Sapphire and Steel. Oh, mm. oh yes. It's a kind of a dense show from 1979, and I think it never actually finished, but it was wow. still a good, a bit imperfect time travel horror thriller mystery. And yes, it has that actor from Abfab. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other time travel shows or movies would all the staggerers recommend? Wow. Well, I suppose you've you've got to watch Terminator. <sighs> Back to the Future, of course. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Or something a bit weird and off the wall, and you need to watch it two, EastEnders. three more times. Primer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also one that was on Sci-Fi Channel recently, Triangle. <laughs> Triangle? No, it's not, not, it's not, not <laughs> about the boat. No, no it's the, it is the one about the boat, but in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. The whole thing loops back on What itself. was that thing with Kachansky from Red Dwarf? Was it Crime Traveller? Uh, oh, yes, Crime Traveller. Crime Traveller. Okay, so that's all for now. Go buy the Doctor Who Blu-rays and watch A Good Man Goes to War. Right now, it's made of awesome. Don't cry, you can give it part one Blu-ray to poor Doctor Who deprived orphan or street urchin after you buy the full box set with the extras later. Support your doctor. Later days. Adrian, Los Angeles, California, USA. Thanks, Adrian. Right, we have one here from Chris. Hi, Chris. Chris. Hello, Chris. Greetings to Staggering Stories and the head of Smith with bits of glass in his hair. Closing time. Craig's back. Whoopee. (laughs) And trying to cope on his own, except the doctor's turned up. Oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great callback to Troughton. A nice emphasis on the don't from Matt Smith. Craig now has a son. Alfie, sorry, Stormageddon. Really funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Sanderson and Granger, lights are on the blink. And oh no, a Cyberman. Again, just like the lodger before it, Gareth Roberts has written so many funny little lines that I can't mention them all here. Although the Doctor shushing people used great effect and his ability to speak baby is used to its fullest potential. Grated pepper for a back rub. Bizarre, but again, funny. And the Doctor goes all mysterious investigator looking at the paper. You can really tell when he's walking back to the TARDIS he's fighting to just forget about the lights and leave. Cut to the toy shop. Honestly, I can't think of a better job for the Doctor. <laughs> Especially this one. Working in a toy shop. 
just two great bits of perfect come together. Very funny. Sequence number one. Craig and the Doctor on the cyber ship after being teleported from the lift. Yeah. This has me in fits of giggles. Especially the Doctor's squeaky voice. Glad Matt Smith got to do the Cybermen line. Very good it was too. Very close behind the Doctor Barkley original from the 10th planet. Still the best. I really liked the little scene outside where the Doctor tells Craig to just leave him to deal with the problem alone. You can see in the Doctor's eyes, he really is, he's really worried about this this time. Those are the days. Such a sad line. But ever the true friend, Craig refuses to leave the Doctor's side. Speaking of which, Linda Barron is back as Val. Yay. Mm, yep. He gets completely the wrong end of the stick regarding the Doctor and Craig. <laughs> she was hilarious throughout. I don't know why, but I liked her phrase, zizzed off. Very funny sequence number two. Craig being investigative in the women's underwear department. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. It was a handout waiting to be shaken that did it for me. I spy Greg James of Radio 1 lurking in the background. Yes. Yep. Sorry, madam. I'd try that in red if I were you. A great line which one could have missed. Hang on, I seem to recognise that poster girl in the top left. <laughs> then Amy and Rory turn up. It was a good but odd bit of breaking the fourth wall with Amy signing the autograph for the child. And she's become a perfume model. Petricor. Yeah. For the girl who's tired of waiting. More perfect made me so happy. Later that night, we get the introduction of the papoose and the side mat. <laughs> I've always liked the side mats. Yay. I've really kind of missed them until now. And this one looks the best yet. Added sharp teeth. <laughs> Very scary. Did anyone notice the Sonic Snail got a blue setting? It's when the Doctor's down in the basement looking for George. Back to basement, does anyone know what the Doctor's cooking up? I think it's some sort of cocktail poly to neutralise Cybermat. Great little Matt Smith speech number one. Him talking to Stormy in his cot. That was crabby. No, that was old. But I am Stormy. I'm so old. This Doctor has a habit of opening up and there's very small children nearby. The sequence... <laughs> the stars is brilliant too. Oh dear. Cybermat's active. And it's got Craig. Great jump through the window. And if in doubt, hit with saucepan. Great little Matt Smith speech number two. On the sofa, sending Craig to sleep. My time is running out. I made no comments about the 11th Doctor's speech is sending people to sleep. <laughs> Back to the shop and the Doctor's found the secret entrance. Dare you follow the rabbits down the hole, Doctor? Find a huge cyber ship. Now I've a rule that every Doctor deserves an excellent Dalek story and an excellent Sideman story. I'd be happy to count this one for Matt's Doctor. Now for me, these aren't my favourite looking Sidemen. I actually prefer the ones from Revenge. But what I liked in this was, not that you see much of it on the screen, but in the publicity photos they've got panels missing. Mm. They've been patched up. I also like when the Sidemen are being sneaky. And they definitely were in this. Craig holding up the Sidemen with a barcode scanner. Excellent. <laughs> oh dear, he's been converted. No, no, Alfie's crying. But oh wait, Daddy's coming home. So Craig destroys the Sidemen with love. Actually, there's been a big theme of parenthood this year. I'm not sure if this is better than The Lodger. Might have just edged it, but it's definitely equaled it. Well done, Gareth. And then we come to a sad goodbye scene. The Doctor's got the envelopes, and he's got the Stetson now, and he's gone before you know it. Alfie's first word is Doctor. <laughs> Just like, getting really quite sad with the Doctor talking to the children. I'm surprised to be hearing their witness statements. I wonder if he knew that River would find them one day. Oh no, Kavorian's back. And no, the astronaut suit. Could they have reset her to the default programming, perhaps? It seems inevitable River's going to kill the Doctor, and again, the sinister nursery rhyme. See you on the other side, Chris. Thank Thanks, Chris. Chris. Thank, Thank you. you. We have one here from Anne Wells. Oh, Hello, hi, Anne. Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello, staggering stories team, head of Pertwee, cardboard Amy, etc., etc. Y'all crack me up with the whole entourage you've got there. 
<laughs> Anne's an American lady, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> I can't remember why I decided to check out your podcast. It's not like there aren't plenty of Doctor Who podcasts out there to choose from. Mm-hmm. True. I think it was mentioned on another Doctor Who podcast I was listening to, it, and I must, and it must have sounded vaguely interesting because <laughs> I added it to my list to check out for an article on podcasts I'm writing for Fandomania.com website. I'm very glad I found Staggering Stories oh, yeah. Thank because you. it is now my second favourite Doctor Who podcast. Oh. <laughs> no offence, I'm a loyal Oodcast fan. Well, fair enough. I'm taken. Maybe if y'all started singing or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. No, probably not. No. I still like you. No. <laughs> Every time I listen to an episode, I find myself laughing out loud. I like hearing what you have to say, of course, but I also really enjoy the banter and the camaraderie that comes across so clearly through the audio. We hate each other, no, really. Yeah. <laughs> We're divorced. <laughs> hate you. Hate you. Now, I have a quick question. Go on, then. I have only listened from about episode 107 on, so I don't know the origins of some of your running jokes. Would you please say slowly and clearly for my American ears... What exactly it is you call Stephen Moffat, and explain <laughs> what it means. Thank you. I think we've d- already done we that. We kind of so. covered that, but just to be clear, it's the, the Vast Toffee, Toffee MN, which stands for Master of Nightmares. <laughs> Speaking of episode 107, that was the one where you all talked about Neverwhere. And oh, as yes. a result, I have since gone out and found both the DVD and book. Excellent. Oh, good, good. Both formats are most excellent. <laughs> I am now officially a Neil Gaiman fangirl, <laughs> thanks to Staggering Stories. <laughs> Finally, I'm so glad to someone else take issue with the whole deal about Jack's blood and the hole in the ground <laughs> in the last few episodes of Torturewood. Yes. Great name, by the way. I'm going to start calling it that from now on. <laughs> the rest of the series, while not my favourite, would have been okay if at the end they had not come up with something completely off the wall and bearing no resemblance to anything I knew about Jack Harkness previously. What the heck? (laughs) Anyway, it's nice to know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Thanks again for the great podcast. When I finally get around to finishing my podcast article, Staggering Stories will definitely be high on the list. Thank you. you. Anne in South Carolina, which is in the southern US, hence the frequent use throughout the email of the contractual (laughs) YAL, which is short for you all pronounced YAL. Now, Naya did try and teach us she how did. to say she that. Did. Speaking of Naya... Hello, Hello Naya! Naya! She says, Hello, staggering stories, team the disturbing head of Pertwee and Adam's plastic harem. <laughs> I'm sorry it's taken so long to write to you. Things have been unnecessarily dramatic here. Ooh. Earthquake, hurricane, yeah. flooding, and now a fourth sign of the apocalypse. Fake <laughs> Keith and Jean being on the same podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I was going to say something nice to you then, but you've just blown that. Yeah. I like the fact that it's you know, been over dramatic <laughs> earthquake hurricane flooding it rained here the other day I'll have you know yeah. glad you're um, yes. coming out the yes, other side yes. of it it's unseasonably hot too a quick rundown of my reactions oh, yeah. right. let's kill Hitler fun right. nothing deep to say just fun yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. night terrors was so focused on the kiddie market that I thought it would have done better as a Sarah Jane Adventures script, <laughs> especially as Sarah Jane Adventures focuses hard on things such as family breakup, parental love, etc. 
Karen Gillan did indeed do an amazing acting job in The Girl Who Waited, but that's about all I liked about the episode. I just can't get my head around the idea of someone not just preferring to keep a life that included 36 years of hell, but able to literally look their own scared, crying self in the face and say that having those 36 horrible years is preferable to the alternative. It's death for her, the older version, though, isn't it? She came good in the end, though. Yeah. The God Complex is everything I hoped Night Terrors would be and more. Scary, funny, stuffed to the gills with quotable lines and notable one-off characters. That there is proper who. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? That was meant to be an American accent. I'm really sorry, Naya, that didn't work. Sorry. Send her chocolate. And while I'm firmly convinced that this is not the end for Amy and Rory, I think they got the best send-off since Sarah Jane. Sad but dignified, showing that they have a future outside the TARDIS and the Doctor acknowledges his effect on his companions. It goes mm. a long way to make up for the awfully embarrassing and embarrassingly awful send-offs of Rose and Donna. Yeah. As for Torchwood, after Children of Earth, you couldn't pay me enough to watch anything with the T <laughs> word in the title anymore, but I've been picking up enough online to be very amused at Jean's Torchwood. <laughs> Summed it up nicely. More later, assuming things don't get dramatic here again. Okay. Naya, thank Thank you, Naya. Thank you. Right, I have one here. Have you? Ooh. Yes. Mr. M. M. Hello, Mr. M. Surprisingly, it's just the one page. Can, oh, I, can I just, can Mr. I just see? Are you feeling well? well Is there any problems? Amy's left. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. Feed bake. What's feed bake? <laughs> obviously, Mr. M, you have my sympathies. You are obviously in shock. Mm. So, the God Complex. Just ah. definitely kept keeping up the run of good episodes. But Amy's gone, no more legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, time for a roundup of Miracle Day in short episode form. Number one, World, 7 out of 10. <laughs> two, Our End, 8 out of 10. Three, Night, 6.5 out of 10. Four, Escape, 7.5 out of 10. Five, Life, 8 out of 10. Six, Men, 8.5 <laughs> out of 10. Seven, Sins, 4.5 out of 10. 8, Road, 8 out of 10. 9, Gathering, 7 out of 10. And 10, Line, 6.5 out of 10. Yes, the ending was obvious. It was? (laughs) Yes, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Yes, it's silly. Yes, it (laughs) is. Hmm, this is a rather quick feedback. Guess I might as well end with another clue. Mr. M. Oh, yeah. What's the clue? P.S. Praise him. Praise him. (laughs) P.P.S. One of the names you said last week was right. Ooh! But which one? You're Peter Davison, aren't you? Okay, I have one here from Chris. Hello, Hello, Chris! Chris. Hi to Staggering Stories and the head of Smith looking through the peephole at the monster. Okay. Yep. You're getting these review podcasts out fast. <laughs> Do you get sent the preview copies of the stories anyway? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no we no, don't get them no. sent. No, they're not sent. We have no. to go and get them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the God Complex. Nick Curran continues to stake his claim as the du- best director this season through the pre-titled speed writing and all. Gorilla coming out of the bathroom. Bizarre, <laughs> funny, <laughs> the, and scary, all in one. With, with the, the loom. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this week we're in a strange hotel with nightmares in all the rooms. Mm. Neat idea for a story. Like the vampires of Venice before it, Toby Whitehouse writes some really funny lines for all the characters. 
did you just say it's okay, we're nice? (laughs) We're three buses, a long walk, and eight pound in a taxi fare from good. And the walls, dolls, wars sequence was very humorous. Freaky looking mannequins chuckling away in the dining room and crazy Joe got all the gear, got all the gear. That'll give the kids nightmares. That and here comes a candle to light you to bed. Here comes a chopper to chop off your head. That's actually an old nursery rhyme. That wasn't written for Doctor Who. I used to sing that when I was a kid. We also have Dave Walliams as Gibbis. The alien from a race of cowards and very good too. Almost every line he has is a funny one. Room 15E8, the PE teacher. (laughs) I thought that might be Rory's room. He said he had a nasty PE teacher, the doctor's wife. What was with the fire exit door being there and suddenly not? Room 216, weeping angels and our first sight of the monster. The two discussions with Gibbs in the dining room with the Doctor and Amy hinted at a more sinister side of his character. Interesting concept that the cowards always survive. Room 216, extremely freaky looking clown. (laughs) don't talk to the clown good plan for catching the monster from the doctor great bit of misdirection and wow what a monster the Nymon that was an edited bit (laughs) Doctor Who has had a number of minotaurs across the years but this must be the best by far one of the best things Millennium FX has created room 7 we'll find out later oh dear I have a bad feeling Gibbis let how we go. Very cowardly, very sinister. Intriguing discussion between the Doctor and Rita on the stairs about the wisdom of accepting a trip in time and space. Room number 11. Who else indeed? Nice touch with the do not disturb sign. I liked Rita. Nice character. Very sad when she went. Great scene with the CCTV room. The Doctor's realisation about the faith being what the creature wants was worrying and very worrying that Amy's next on the menu. Room 7. Little Amelia waiting by the window. Uh, Adam's room. (laughs) Now, I don't think what happens between the Doctor and Amy is a straight rerun of The Curse of Fenric. It's not about her becoming angry with him. It's about her not seeing him with her seven-year-old eyes, but with her adult eyes. No lasting damage done, it seems. Nice Mm, reference to the Nymon. I suppose we needed it. The Minotaur's final speech bringing more scary foreshadowing for the next couple of weeks. Again, the best thing Toby Whitehouse has written for the show. And then we come to the last scene. Rory's got the car of his dreams. <laughs> She'll say we can't accept it because it's too extravagant and we'll always have and we'll always feel a crippling sense of obligation. It's a risk I'm willing to take. (laughs) (laughs) I had a very slow dawning realisation about what might or might not be happening there with certainly no inkling beforehand about it. I've often wondered how I would feel when it came time to come to a scene like this since I can unequivocally say Matt is my doctor. Amy and Rory are my companions and this is my era of the show. As if you couldn't tell from all the reviews I've sent you. (laughs) I don't think I would have expected to be pleasantly happy with it. Whatever may or may not happen in the future, it looks like is some kind of goodbye. What we can't say yet, but I don't think it could have been more perfect for me. They part in good faith and with a hug and hopefully the youngster will visit. Mr and Mrs 
Williams have a house, a new car and a great life together. However, he did say he'd see them again and this series is not over yet. Stay safe and please don't have nightmares. Chris. Thanks, Chris. Chris. We've heard from Andre. Hello, Tonky Andre. Andre says... Hello, team, as well as head of pert, we assorted ponds and other miscellanea that exist in this or any other plane of existence mm-hmm. and allow this podcast to go out from time to time. <laughs> this will be brief, as after being sick for the last week, I plan on trying to actually go back to work tomorrow. Oh, oh, well, just a few brief words, although when am I ever brief? The God <laughs> Complex. Oh. Not a bad piece of work. Classic Who in my mind, with a mm-hmm. twist on the base under under siege, along with mm-hmm. all those lovely corridors. <laughs> I loved loved Rita, not in a sexual way. I just really don't lo- look at a companion like that. She was everything that you want in a companion, yeah. and we all know what this what that means in modern day Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. That is the last nail in their coffin. <laughs> I mean, here is someone that challenges the Doctor, is smart, intelligent, and either dead by the end of the third act, or not joining him over something as negligible as true love. Loved the callbacks to the Nymon. It is this type of mention that I really enjoy. Just slight mentions, not the utter bashing and beating over the head of look at us, this show has been around a really, really long time. No, just casual mentions that make me squee and do a little happy dance. How little? Well, usually just a side-to-side hot hip movement. No need to go overboard. I loved David Walliams as Gibbis, as I often wonder if things had been a little different and we had had him as a doctor. As to the abrupt exit of Rory and Amy, well, it was abrupt, but they will most likely be back for the finale and next week is a companion light episode to correspond with the doctor light episode the girl who waited the exit did prove yet another thing about rory the man has class (laughs) that was such a beautiful car As to Amy's exit, I guess the biggest question this raises is, did Adam go out and do retail therapy at the end of that episode? (laughs) One final note. I realise that I mentioned that I watched this while suffering a prolonged fever cresting Saturday night at 103 degrees Fahrenheit. I then went to bed immediately following. This may have been a mistake, as I had the most amazing dreams. (laughs) Massive, complicated dreams that took place in that hotel. Waking various times and still going back to the same dream. Wow. Most unpleasurable, on par with a bad acid trip. Or so I'm told. (laughs) All the best and more. Love from Andre T. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Andre. Glad you're feeling better. Yes, Yes, ditto. Yeah. I've had a few dreams after watching Doc 2 too. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) We know those type of dreams. Shh. Yes! Any more feedback? I have one. Who's it from? Someone called Adrian. Adrian, dude! (laughs) Have we heard from him before? He sounds familiar. Hello, Adrian. Hello, Adrian. Hello, Adrian. Hello, team. (laughs) Could Rory evolve into a Time Lord? Since Rory is like 2,000 years old in his head and he travels in the TARDIS and he is technically older than the Doctor. He is. Also, the Time Lords evolved due to exposure to the untempered schism or the time vortex or something they weren't always all time lordy yes. how about matt smith does die and rory takes over the tardis mm. a time lord called rory <laughs> another question could the weeping angels be time lords mm. 
James Bond the Fourth did even say, like the weeping angels of old in that end of time scene. Maybe the only way to escape the time lock on the time war would be for them to evolve somehow into the weeping angels. Or maybe a weeping angel is all that's left of a time lord after the master is done snacking on them. (laughs) Since he is now stuck with them in the time lock. Yeah, Yeah, the murker and... Merker. Not Merker. Um, <laughs> Melka. 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 <laughs> 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 yes, the Melka. We could have a storyline with the Doctor trying to save the Weeping Angels and turn them back into Time Lords. Or the Master could break out of the Time Lock with an army of Weeping Angels, a.k.a. corrupted... Desiccated Time Lords. Double mm. Adrian. That really, you know, he's got too much time on his hands. <laughs> yeah. Could be there some offshoot of Time Lords. Could be. I think they're just an offshoot of gnomes with an attitude. Could be. I have one here from Patrick. Hello, Hello Patrick. Patrick. Uh, dear team, I recently had to go on a long car journey, so I decided to load your last podcast on to listen to it. By curious coincidence, the journey finished exactly five seconds after the podcast. Thank you for your lucky timing. The downside of this was I had nothing to listen to on the way back home. You could have listened to it again. So with that fantastic foresight, this fabulous feedback frivolously comes to you in three parts. Today's letter is brought to you by the letter F. F. Sponsored by the letter F. Firefly, (laughs) Finnamore and the Fourth Dimension. Part one, Firefly. Have we seen you gone... Got into this show. No, I don't know what is, why it's taking me so long either, but I really am loving it. I'm only three episodes in, but I can certainly see why everyone loves it. Really original, funny, and wonderfully creative. Do you think they were going to pull a torch and kill off Kaylee at the end of the first episode? Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't have liked, and not just because she's cute. Especially after the strawberry eating scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best you are the biggest pervert to have ever walked God's green earth, aren't you? <laughs> yes, Thank you. why you married him? <laughs> but the best character of all just has to be Jane. Yay. My favourite moment is when they're interrogating the Fed in the first episode. Nathan, you're only going to scare him, right? Jane. Pain's scary. <laughs> Part two, Finnamore. You may or may not know about John Finnamore. He's a very funny com- comedy writer who did a sitcom called Cabin Pressure. It starred good old Benedict Cabbage Cumberbatch. <laughs> Last Sunday, a new radio sketch show of his began and featured a very funny Doctor Who sketch you may like to check out. Link here. Part three, Fourth Dimension. The Doctor Who website has, for each episode this year, been running a small feature called The Fourth Dimension. It's basically a funny little trivia section with interesting facts about the episodes. However, I recently noticed there's been some strange stuff going on. Every so often, there'd be a word written in italics. Putting these together creates some kind of secret message. Ooh, Ooh Moffat, you sneaky bugger. <laughs> <laughs> All the ones from the first half of the series seem to have alluded to the crash of the Elysium, that thing that happened. But this half, we've had some interesting stuff. The one for Let's Kill Hitler read as follows. When reason slept, when mothers wept, the soldiers slept, the monsters came. Now, it sounds kind of similar to the poem River Rees in The Good Man Goes to War. Yeah. Yeah. When the battle's happening, Melody turns into a jelly baby. Literally. But it could mean even more than that. There's a picture called The Sleep of Reason Produces Monsters. Etched circa 1798. That's interesting. We had no message for, for night terrors. But the girl who waited has a short one. Late Friday afternoon. The best speculators on this agree is probably referring to the time of the Doctor's death, Could given be. as Friday 22nd, 6.02pm, mm. 
which would indeed be late, late Friday, Friday afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> but there is none for the God Complex. I write this before closing time is aired, but I certainly keep you posted on what I find. Yours effingly, Patrick. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Here we go. Audio feedback from Reese. Hi, Reese. Hello, team. It's Reese. I'm Hello. just going to talk about Torture Miracle Day episode 10 okay. and Doctor Who, The Girl Who Waited, and The God Complex. Oh, now, I have to warn you, I did record this feedback before and it was quite long, but that's because I actually summed up the whole of Miracle Day and my opinions <laughs> of it. So I'll do that next time. And so it won't be so long. So. <laughs> To start off with, I'm a positive Doctor Who fan, we all know that. I'm a positive Tortured fan. Yes. And I definitely do not go and do that deliberately, I just enjoy it. And I can look past certain plot points, but I can't look past the blessing. <laughs> I understand what it did, I understand it made people immortal and then mm -hmm. mortal again, but I do not understand how. Uh, because it is just a hole in the ground, and yes. it looks like it's got bits of meat on it and occasionally blowing into it. But yeah. apart from that, I think, and I think you'll agree with me, because a hole in the ground makes no sense, but I think maybe a nesting consciousness equivalent of that style of CGI suggesting a bit of a, a face or something to communicate with mm -hmm. could have been better, mm, and then I'd yes. be able to buy it with the non-explanation we got, because we didn't get an explanation. Yeah, but I think right. it still would be better if we had something like that, because it would make a bit more sense, yeah, and yeah. I think it would have been more enjoyable, and you wouldn't need... Um, and you could just label it, sorry, a alien with superpowers. You don't need too much of an explanation. Yeah. Mm. But apart from that, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, Oswald Danes and John Delancey's character, Shapiro, died completely in character. Oswald Danes yeah. died yeah. wanting to go to hell so that he could find all the bad girls who wouldn't be able to run away fast enough, which is <laughs> quite a twisted thing if you think about it, because yeah. if he believes in hell, generally that means you believe in God too, and he's hoping to go to hell. So there's that <laughs> evil bit to it. I also like the fact that Shapiro's character died completely in character and his last line was in character too. But I really have to take my hats off to my hat off to John Delancey for making such a great character because that character only had about twenty minutes airtime, but he mm. made mm. one of the best characters yes. in it and he was one of the best actors in it too. And I think mm. he he did such a great job and that final scene, just look on his face, gave me a sense of he knows this happens to people and he's been in this job long enough to know that people die. And of course he's been in it a long time because he's head of the CIA. I right. think. I, yeah, I think he's had it. He, he was high up. But, you know, he he's, he's been in the job so long that he thinks, you know, this happens to everybody. It's a pity my time has come, and it's come in such a predictable way, a bomb being set off right where I, right where I am, and then it just goes, oh, f***. <laughs> <laughs> so I both howled with laughter at that and then realised what a good job he did, so mm. hats off to him. Now, there's a little he's quibble that Fake Keith said and Gene agreed with. Jack's blood isn't special. It's time that's keeping him immortal. And yes, that's yeah. true, but yeah. three things to counter that. Oh. <laughs> and I think the third one explains that, that it is time keeping him alive, but it's also his blood that's rel relatively special. But one is they were wrong, and what they were saying all the way through it was wrong, and they just discovered it was wrong in the final episode, which I wouldn't put it past them. But then I, I don't think that would work, because as they said, it ruins about six years of continuity. So, yeah. mm -hmm. uh -uh. two... In this situation, it was special because he was the last mortal man on Earth. And you've got the miracle that turns people... Wants to have people equal, I think, is what it, what they said. So you put some mortal blood in there and it makes them uh, mortal again. So don't quite see how it does it, but it does. Uh, I would, As I said, I would have been happier with an alien with super alien powers because you wouldn't need much of an explanation because they've just got super alien powers. <laughs> anyway... 
And then number three is it's still time that makes Jack immortal and it's been reversed by the, the blessing, so he's mortal again. But most of the time it's time that is making him immortal because the bad wolf made it that way and he's a immutable point in time, a fixed point in time. Yeah. I think a way to get around that is time's been given an instruction by the bad wolf, but it needs to know what it's making immortal. So it can't just go and make a random Dalek left on Satellite 5 or a random human left on Satellite 5 Immortal. So it uses Jack's blood or DNA as the guidelines of what to make Immortal, and it makes Jack Immortal. So all his specific DNA thingy things. I prefer our <laughs> you know. theory that and they're balls. Well, that's why it's DNA all over But overall, place. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to whatever we have next. And I'm not sure what I would prefer. 13 episodes standalone sounds good. But also, it needs to have a bit of an arc, obviously. But I think I'd like a very interesting thing they could do is set up a new base. I think they need to set up a new hub. And they could either have set it up that Angelo was not the only one who was scavenging the old one, so you can have lots of people running around with alien technology. But that could get a bit tedious week in, week out. Yeah. Another thing that I thought would be quite interesting is actually have a bit like Sherlock, but have nine movie-length-ish episodes throughout the year. One at the beginning, one... At, in the middle and one at the end of the year. That mm. could be quite interesting. And mm. you could have... Like, you could find, sorry, I went far too fast with that. <laughs> you could kind of have it like a trilogy. And each bit, each part of the mm. trilogy is actually uh, split into three parts itself. So it's a kind of a, a nine elegy. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's a trilogy, but each part split into three parts Stole itself. It's meant to be. And so you could have an overriding story arc, a bit like the relaxed fashion that Miracle Day has had but then for those three episodes of each part it could be quite fast paced like the way that Children of Earth went it could yeah. work I'm not sure I'd like yeah, to hear what you think but moving on to Doctor yeah. Who now the girl who waited I've got to say is quite possibly my favorite episode I'm not <laughs> sure I'm gonna have to get my this is of New Who obviously yep. <laughs> I'm have to get my list of top 10 episodes and I think just, you know, watch them together and then decide which is my favourite. Oh, but it is tough. damn close. If it isn't my favourite, it's most likely my second favourite because it's so emotionally raw and all the actors do a great job. Because if you think about it, it's just the lead actors and two yeah. characters for one yeah. of them, an older version of the character she's been playing for a while. And she did an amazing job. Not only is Karen Gillan stunningly gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeously stunning, <laughs> But she's amazingly talented, and I think, oh, yeah. however brilliant yeah, they are in Doctor Who, I will be interested in it hopefully about seven years' time when all three actors move on. No, make that 11 years' time when all three actors move <laughs> on uh, to see <laughs> to see what they do because they are all superb and still at the beginning of their careers, and I can see them going on very, very mm. far indeed. I can't really fault it. Except for a few lines that I pointed out on my podcast, which is the Who is a Man podcast, available on iTunes and Lucid and on the blog, <laughs> plug, which plug. is whoisaman.wordpress.com. <coughs> plug, plug. But I really can't fault it. You can go and listen to my review of it. But, yeah, I think it's just brilliant. I, I think now, I know Adam's going to be going, no, no, no. But personally, I think this gives them a majority of, certainly Russell T. Davies, but a majority of Stephen Moffat's scripts as well are run for their money. It certainly gives three of my other favourite stories are on for their money i like paul's stuff i don't know why but mm. up until now they were three of the best episodes and this is kind of top that so it's certainly a big improvement on tom mcgray's previous works too oh, but yeah. still yeah, i yeah, think yeah. this is just amazing and as i said i can't fault it except for i have to defend it people have said oh woe is me amy had to wait 36 years <laughs> but as fake keith pointed out rory waited 2000 years out of choice she didn't and also 
He's plastic. He can't age. Yeah, he didn't. Well, he couldn't age. He was plastic. Unless they're introducing that plot thread and he does turn out to be plastic. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, he was plastic. He couldn't He couldn't age or he didn't age. And he did it out of choice because he loved her and wanted to protect her and knew the Doctor was coming back. Whereas Amy aged, didn't know the Doctor was coming back, and it was a complete accident. Left so that's well, another part of the drama in it. So amazing stuff. Also, Murray God's music. Amazing. Same with, <laughs> actually, Torchwood, Milk Day, episode 10. I'd heard a lot of praise on Twitter, people saying, amazing job with the music, and it felt like people were teasing me because they knew how much I love his music, and it didn't let me down. It was absolutely fantastic. I'll oh, speak of which, that spoiler, I tried to go back to Torchwood, but that spoiler was that I had Esther's death spoilt for me. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> oh. Shame. sorry. It's sad she's gone, but it's, again, one of those things that Torchwood does where they're not afraid to kill off main characters, so no. it fits in with the show, but it's still very, very sad. And now to move on to the God Complex, I've got to say, first time I watched it, I was kind of disappointed, and I thought, okay, so the level of episodes week in and week out has gone down a bit. Okay, I I can live with that. But then I watched it again, I really enjoyed it. The dialogue is excellent. It gives some of Moffat's dialogue a run for its money. Better dialogue than Vampires of Venice, but overall I don't think it's better than Vampires of Venice, but Toby Whithouse is a great writer, as I can confirm after seeing season one of Being Human. Anyway, uh, back to Doctor Who. Some of the dialogue from Gibbous was classic, like, we're planning of lining the highways with trees (laughs) so that the armies can march on us in the shade, which is nice for them. (laughs) Then the Doctor says, yeah, yeah, it is. It's very nice. (laughs) I love that. Just lots of great lines. And the Doctor um, picks on Rory's big nose again. He goes, Amy, Beaky, this is possibly the most most exciting thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, overall, very enjoyable. Definitely looking forward to the next episode. And just going to leave you a bit of food for thought. We know that Night Terrors were swapped with the Doctor's wife. If they hadn't swapped it with the Doctor's wife, do you think that this would be one of the most uh, magical, otherworldly, surreal block of episodes of Doctor Who we've seen in a while? Because I think it would. And also, if they hadn't swapped it and given how... However enjoyable the Night Terrors was, superior the Doctor's wife is to it. Do you think this would be a better half than the previous half? Which is your oh, favourite out of both halves? I think Just a nice question for you to think about. But for is, now, goodbye, yes. and I shall be summing up Torchwood Season 4 or Miracle Day next time and talking about closing time, certainly. Not, not yes, sure if I'd have seen the finale by then. Anyway, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> if you'd like to write to us, you can get in touch at show... At staggering stories dot net. And so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, <coughs> microbes and germs, that is another staggering stories podcast that was 116. Join us next time for news, reviews, fun, old and new. No and more Doctor Who, though. But no, no more Doctor Who. But we'll be looking into the firmament. For other shows to look at. And Sarah go, Jane Adventures will be back. The and, fades, yeah, maybe. And go, ooh. Until then, that is me, Real Keith, the genuine article, saying goodbye. 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 Ba-da-da. You have been listening to the Stagnant Story Podcast, Series 1, number 116. Featuring Adam J. Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and The Real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of speaker and don't necessarily represent those other speakers on the site. No copyright official is intended. This podcast is a Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. I'm very worried. You should be worried.
We're teaming up on you. No change and there. Then. <laughs> and not in a good way. Twenty plus years of having yeah. been bullied by the pair yeah. of us. Yeah. This is different. Oh, mate. He enjoys it really. It's my lot in life. And I might get to meet Caitlin Blackwood behind the scenes. Oh, oh. God! I'm hoping the I'm father's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't scare the kids. Oh, you've got to take the picture. You've got to take the picture. And the shot of him addressed yeah. as Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Blackwoods. My name's Adam. I'm a full grown man with a good job. Could I show your little girl a picture of me dressed up as her? <laughs> a little less sort of. Gollum. Not quite so gollum. Just like a normal voice, but with a bit of like an angry head teacher. Or a grumpy, a grumpy wizard. Like Dumbledore would be if he was a wanker. See, that was better. <laughs> I thought it was a penguin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Silent. It's fallen. <laughs> On Stangling Stories Podcast. Eleven to six. Could you, now, now. could you now do it as Karen Gillan after being cast as Amelia Pond for the first time? <laughs> Are you saying she may have lost control? I think she may have lost control or her mother may have lost control. Okay, can you do it? Like that one's clipped. <laughs> yeah. Can you do it as Caitlin Blackwood's father after a 38-year-old computer <laughs> programmer has told him he yeah. went to a convention dressed as his little daughter? Silence uh, has fallen on staggering stories... Podcast number 116. That was very good. <laughs> Violent. <laughs> so does his face. <laughs> In the role of Dr. Blanche Motorshed. Motorshed? Motorshed. M O T E R S H E A D. Motorshed. Motorshed. Right. Say that no, sentence I again. You, I think you were right the first time, actually. <laughs> To paraphrase the Earl of Carnarvon, who found Tutankhamun's tomb, we may see wonderful things. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, can you read that again? (laughs) I'm having difficulty reading this. Stay with me here. (laughs) 